Welcome to Horror Comics Podcast. My name's Chris, and I appreciate you coming back and listening. Thank you for, for uh, you know, checking the show out. Appreciate it if it's your first time listening. Uh, this episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm covering a newer book. It, it It's not going to be as, uh, you know, radio play-y or whatever. Um, I just I got this comic book called Something is Killing the Children by James Tiny and the Fourth, released from Boom Studios, and... I just really dug it. I really liked it a lot. But before I start covering that book, I wanted to thanks uh, say thanks to everybody that's been listening so far. Um, it's I, I tweeted about it, uh, but you know, I was just kind of looking. I was looking at the stats, which I don't like to do often. But um, I, I gave myself. Uh, I, I you know, I just decided to give in and look at that, and I was very surprised. Uh, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, I think I've talked about this before, you know, I mentioned it, having checked the numbers and stuff. I have done it a couple of times. Sometimes it's unavoidable if I'm looking at it on my phone. But, uh, yeah, so it, it, was, it was still surprising and um, very, very thankful. So thank you all very much. Um, I want to real quick, I guess it is an advertisement, um, but it's not, uh, no one's paying me <laughs> to do this. But I, I David uh, Murdoch is how I'm. I, I'm assuming it's pronounced. I, the reason I'm even checking myself is because it's like, well, you just never know. Sometimes names or, or, or people want their name pronounced a certain way or it is, you know. So uh, I'll just go ahead and apologize in case I did get it wrong. But David, he has written um, a graphic novella called Lucas, and it is fantastic. He sent me an email because I, I always say that, you know, send an email to horrorcomicspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, for suggestions on things to read or, or anything like that. And he sent that out. Um, so I went to Comixology, and you can get it for, it's like two bucks. I don't know why it's so why it's so cheap. Um, but it is, it was like $1.99. Uh, I couldn't find a physical copy online, so I, I went with digital. I wasn't disappointed. Um, and he was actually nice enough to send me the PDF that I wanted to support anyway. Uh, and, you know, buy it, even though it was really cheap. So um, I definitely would have paid, you know, a lot, you know, 10, 15, <laughs> whatever bucks for the uh, for the digital copy through Comixology uh, happily, especially after I read it. Um, yeah, it's amazing. I, and I, I went through that thing really quick. Uh, I, again, novella, it's so it's more about it's more uh, prose, but the art he, he wrote it and he did the art. The art is incredible. It's 
uh, abstract and unnerving and it's it makes you uncomfortable, but it's just it's awesome because you really kind of have to stare at a lot of these pages to get like the image um, that's being shown. And there, it works really well because they're describing what's happening in the story, uh, which I'm not going to spoil. Just get it. But so the, the pictures aren't what's telling the story. So they're they're like sort of the just setting the tone. And God, anyway, I, I'm going to read it again for sure uh, very soon. And so I'm bringing all this up also to say that he is doing – a it's an Indiegogo, which is a crowdfunding website that I've actually used for band stuff in the past. It's like Kickstarter, um, except for that. And I'm not going to speak because I don't know exactly how this goes when it comes to a book and having to pay for like printing and all that stuff. But as far as uh, for our band, you can set a goal. And even if you don't reach that goal, like those backers that did back you are still going to get whatever perk they selected. Um, like for us, it was a CD or like a, a vinyl record or something like that because we had a little bit more control over deciding the quantity that we wanted to print to fit, you know, who had... Ba- we basically treated it like a pre-order, you know, because um, that's essentially what it is. Uh, or not even essentially, that's just what it is. Um, so it's really cool, and I like Indiegogo uh, more more than Kickstarter and, and the others um, that I've tried to use in the past. So um, just another cherry on top of uh, helping back this project, go to, I want to get the link right, um, indiegogo.com slash projects slash lucas dash book dash two, um, or just go to Indiegogo and type in lucas book two. That's probably easier than all that dash stuff, but I will put the link in the show notes here. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, when he sent me this, I was like, I want to help people out, obviously, as much as I can. Um, so I'll say something about about the uh, regards at the time I hadn't read Lucas yet. Um, I had gone to Comixology and gotten it, but I was uh, me and my wife were in the car, so I was like, "Well, I get home and I'll read it." Uh, but I went ahead and, and even backed the project. Um, there's a twenty-five dollar level, uh, and there's even higher, and I would recommend checking out all of them to see. Uh, but for my budget, I, I needed to go with the twenty-five dollar. Wish I could do the bigger one, but um, but yeah. So for twenty-five bucks, you get. Lucas Book 2, um, 10 trading cards, 5 art pieces, and exclusive access to the private beta for Lucas Chapter 1. Now, I need to read through this closer because I think there's, like, a video game, which I'm like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> Especially after reading Lucas, I'm like, I gotta know what this is like. Uh, so here's the thing, though. Lucas Book 2 is going to include Book 1. So you're not going to miss any of this. You're not going to need to be caught up on the story, uh Prior to this, it's going to have it all right there uh, for you. And the uh, estimated shipping on that is May 2020. So anticipation will be building. And I'll just, um, I'm going to get as much of this Lucas content as I possibly can. Because I am in, I'm sold, uh, I'm officially a fan. And um, there's also, well, actually don't, I was going to say, there is there is a great review on Bloody Disgusting. Um, so there has been good press on this, I didn't realize that Lucas had come out in like 2012, though. So I'm way, way behind on this. Clearly, uh, but there's a lot of good press for it, and uh, that's also encouraging. So, but again, I wouldn't go read the reviews. Just go read the book. Go get it. Um, it's you know, the first one is two bucks, or just go to the Indiegogo and do the twenty five dollar option, and you'll get book one uh, with book two, and you can kind of 
continue the whole story there. And, and a bunch of art. I actually, I love um, trading cards based on like comic book properties. I have a ton, like uh, old like 90s X-Men. I have a bunch of Batman 89 uh, cards. <laughs> and like the packages uh, still have, uh, I opened a lot of them, but some of the packages are still closed and they still have like the gum on the inside all cracked up and whatever. So that's interesting. But um, yeah, I know this is a lengthy ad. And again, he didn't really ask me to do this um, on the show. Uh, but I, I just offered because I figured, hey, double whammy. And I had to re-record everything anyway. Uh, I had recorded. I hadn't gotten to the book yet, but I had recorded an intro and all this stuff. And I had to scrap the audio because I've been having trouble uh, lately with getting consistency out of my setup here. So I got some kind of screwing around to do. And I don't know if it's even my setup. That's the problem. I haven't figured out if it's my board um, or Audacity, which I'm leaning towards Audacity because it's free software. Um, but who knows? Anyway, point is, uh, go to Indiegogo, search Lucas Book 2, and um, get one of these perks, seriously. Um, if you, I mean, if you, here's a good thing too. If you own a comic shop, there's a perk here, the second perk, um, the collector perk. It's, uh, I'd say, if you own a comic shop, even if you don't. But it actually would be really good for somebody who owns a comic shop. It's 80 bucks. You get five copies of the book, and you get the art prints and trading cards and the Chapter 1 beta access as well, which I think that's for the game. i got to go look that up. That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, you get five copies of the book. So if you're a comic shop, you could pro- put those up by the cash register or put them on the shelf or whatever, and sell them, uh, or keep one for yourself, and maybe sell the others. Or if you're not a comic shop, and you just want to get five, uh, I, this is what I wanted to do, and I can't do it right now. Um, maybe I'll up it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I got to get I gotta get money straight. We're going to owe a lot in taxes next, sound, next round, so we're like pinching, pinching pennies. Um, but yeah, just you could get five copies of the book and give some to your friends, or, you know, like this, that's... That's really kind of what I'm leaning towards wanting to do because um, that's that's really cool and that's a really smart idea. Uh, good good job, David. Um, yeah, and then there's a, a larger bust where you actually – larger bust, larger perk where you can get um, – it comes with a book too, trading cards, art prints, the beta access, and it comes with a bust. Like a, I'm guessing like a statue for Lucas. That's awesome. Um, anyway, I, the art in this is beautiful. It's uh, – I would love to know the process – uh, if like I don't know a lot about like art and painting and whatnot, but this art is uh, amazing. So I can't praise it enough. Go check it out. He's got some previews there. He's got a little video uh, preview or a few actually. It looks like on the page, so you can get, really get a good feel of it. Um, and there's a, a point in the first book if you get it before um, back in this project, which you need to do. There's a point in the book where it states a musical cue. And I actually went on Spotify and found the artist and the track. And the track literally ended when the book ended. And I'm saying that like I was like surprised, but like it happened while I was reading the book and it like kind of freaked me out. I was like, whoa. Um, Maybe it was, I'm like, well, it was probably planned that way, you know, to kind of roughly match up, but maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) But when I was reading it, at least it it like ended as soon as I hit that last page uh, or the end rather. And I was like, God damn, that is unnerving and awesome. But it's 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 really good. Uh, I know I'm just repeating myself, but I really want to push it. Uh, I was really just going to do a quick bit and to say go do this, but then I read the book 
and I got really excited uh, about this. So, God, I got to read it again soon. Um, but yeah, so go check that out. Um, another thing that I want to mention um, is Anthony Cleveland is a listener and a wonderful writer. I- I've talked about Anthony before. He's the first person, I think, that one of the first people to send in show mail um, in the past. And he, and let me make sure the third one hasn't come out because, yeah, he's got an awesome uh, series. I don't know if anybody can hear that in the background. I just, I don't know what goes on outside this house. I really don't. It's, it's so confusing. Anyway, uh, Show's End is uh, from Mad Cave Studios. And they were nice enough to send a, a review copy, um, a, re- a review copy that you can actually download. Uh, and like have so you can read it uh unlike one uh, dc comics who recently decided to send lower quality review copies and you also can't download them so you have a small amount of time in which you can review them so come on guys come on anyway i can't complain (laughs) i have to deal with that on a weekly basis though so uh that's a story for a different podcast um yeah so anyway back to mad stave mad cave studios i can't talk today I'm looking for all the credits here. They sent me a copy, um, a really nice, high-quality PDF, and I actually—that's uh, another one. I, I went to um, I went to Comicsology and, and, and bought the two copies that are out, um, just because again I, I like to support, and it's a good book. But it, yeah, that is, that's uh, Anthony Cleveland, and um, the art is uh, Jefferson said. Zinsky, sorry, it's colored by Julian Gonzalez, and uh, it is a. It's not, Comixology list is an action, adventure, drama, supernatural, occult. That's all right. It, that's true. Um, I got a little bit more of like a horror vibe than that states, but I guess that that's probably more accurate than horror. Um, it just, it kind of has that. And that's probably the supernatural occult part of it. Uh, but definitely go check that out as well. Um, I need to read issue two. I bought it, but I didn't, haven't read that one yet. Um, Comixology has been doing something, and I got it to stop today and, and download for uh, Lucas. Um, but it, it's, it does this thing where, like, it'll download the comic until, like, if it's 15 megabytes or whatever, it'll get to, like, 13.9 and then, like, stop and not get that extra uh, 14, whatever. Um, and then, I don't know, it's not, it just, it, then you can't, when you push the book, it doesn't do anything, and then it'll say, like, download. Just try to download it. It won't. Anyway, I'm rambling, I know, but, like, um, I completely had forgotten about that. Like, I got frustrated with it and shut the app down, and then I hadn't come back till to today. Actually, I'm going to do it right now while I'm talking about it because I do want to read this one as well. So um, just a, a couple of books. Again, uh, you know, fantastic, and um, Anthony's been corresponding with me on this podcast on Twitter for uh, since the beginning. And so definitely want to give Anthony a shout-out there. Uh, congrats, dude. It's a good book, man. You're a great writer, and I can't wait to – Keep going. Keep keep reading, you know? Um, Anthony also has another, um, it looks like a one-shot called Silver Skin. And again, I bought that one, but I still have not read it. I need to. That was a, at the same time as I bought Shows in Part 2, or Number 2. And um, it, they were both doing the thing, so I'm going to see if I can get those to work now. But either way, go check those out, um, Comixology. And, uh, or if you buy your, you know, your uh, online comics through maybe a different provider. I know... Uh, local comic shops will sometimes have a link. You can give them some kickback for your purchases um, on there. 
But uh, yeah, so just wanted to throw those out there, support some uh, some great comic writers and artists and some great stories that aren't uh, mainstream. You know, uh, they're not uh, they're not the big powerhouse um, publishers, but maybe one day they will be. That would be awesome. So and they can get there a little bit quicker if we support them. Or maybe they don't want to be that, but we can go support them anyway. I'll stop rambling. Um, I, it, you get the point. So go go check it out, support, and uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll appreciate that. So um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything. Oh, I uh, I did see Joker. I know it's not really our you know subject matter, but I did see Joker. I, I don't. If, hopefully, this doesn't take forever for me to get out again because it might be really dated. But uh, I wow. I I mean that is uh I thought that movie was great. Uh it's certainly not without its controversy for some reason. Um uh, man, they're really targeting this movie. Uh really trying to get those audience scores down, I guess, or maybe critics. I, I don't know. I don't understand what's going on, but that's a conversation for a different day. Uh it's a great movie. Um sadly enough, I haven't really watched any uh any horror movies. Um I think I talked about I can't remember if I talked about Knock Knock in the episode that I just had to delete, or uh, in the past episode. But anyway, um, I, I hated that one. Um, but I, I need to find some good horror movies, because uh, it is it is the season, uh, the most wonderful time of the year, indeed. So um, I always go to, once Halloween starts, starts you know, coming around, we, we're always decorated way before October starts, Um I usually, I'm always going online, I'm like trying to look up what, what this year's like the best like horror movies on Netflix and Hulu and all the different streaming services and ones that maybe just got released that you could buy or rent or whatever. Um, but it's just gotten to where it's just like every year it's like the same like five movies or ten movies or whatever in rotation. Uh, with the exception of a couple they'll add in there. But like, I don't know, I haven't really found any um, new ones that I'm, I, I have Midsummer. I actually bought that. I haven't been able to watch it yet, though. Um, we watched actually we watched one called Apostle that has uh, I'm so not prepared for this. The guy that plays Legion. It's got uh, Martin Sheen, I think. Um, yeah, Dan Stevens. What the hell, My- Michael Sh- Michael Sheen? Yeah, uh, Martin Sheen. Is that what I- no, that's wrong. Michael Sheen. Uh, it's okay. There was some cool stuff in there. Um, it's directed by Gareth Evans. Uh, who's done, in my opinion, some cool stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was, it was not bad. I enjoyed it. Um, it had some interesting kind of, like, decisions as far as some of the, perf- a couple of parts were the performances. So, uh, yeah, I would love any of your suggestions for uh, horror movies that aren't the cliche, I say cliche, but the, the standard, like, Netflix, you Google top horror movies, you know, uh, streaming you know, it's it, anything outside of that. Maybe something I, ha- I need to go rent or whatever. Um, I, I'm going to try to watch Midsummer. Uh, like I said, maybe here in a sec when I get done recording, we'll see. Um, I'm, this is about. Uh, this has been split up now between uh, recording midday while my kid was at school, and now I'm recording late at night while everyone's asleep. And I probably should be too, but you know, I tried and I couldn't. So here I am. Um, but yeah, so we'll talk about uh, Something is Killing the Children. Now, this is written by James Tiny IV. I'm not going to say the fourth every single time. But uh, he, it was, uh, like I said, published by Boom Studios. Uh, this came out on, it hit stores on September the 4th. 
the next issue hits, uh, let's see, it will hit comic shops and comiXology. It looks like on October the 16th, 2019, uh, for those of you listening in the future. Um, James Tynan is a writer that I am familiar with from doing the DC Comics Squadcast uh, show weekly. He does currently the detective, or not sorry, the um, Justice League Dark book, and he co-writes Justice League with Scott Snyder. Now, Scott Snyder kind of brought James Tynan um, under his wing. I think he was maybe in Scott Snyder's class because Scott Snyder teaches, um, I think, writing. Maybe maybe more than that, but I'm not sure. But I know he teaches at several different places. Um, and James Tiny was one of his students. And they started writing together during the New 52. So, you know, somewhere around 2011 or a little bit later. But with Batman Eternal, I believe is where he started. I could be wrong. I know he has other non-DC stuff and I think a couple of Marvel things. Um, but I don't have his history pulled up in front of me. But... Um, you know, being a, a newer book, I say new, it's brand new pretty much, uh, being newer and uh, there's not a lot of history to sort of go through um, like there is with, you know, the old books that I do talking about the publishers and all the writers and stuff when they have this vast history. Um, so I'll just say if you want to know everything he's done, uh, Google him or, or, or Wikipedia or whatever um, – he is a good writer. The thing I was going to say was, and this is not to talk bad about him, not shit talking him. It's more to like prop up. Well, I hate to say that too, but it's more to say how much, how how impressed I was with this book, with this issue, um, because at, at DC he writes a lot of team books. Um, everything I've read of his actually is a team book. Uh, Justice League Dark. Uh, he'll he he will be taking on Batman starting with issue 86 in January of 2020, and we'll see how that goes. Um, but again, he has lots of team books and like books with just a bunch of tons of characters, uh, which, at least for DC and their page count and everything, that usually equals just lots of exposition and people, you know, superheroes standing around in a room talking about all the fun things you know, that they maybe could be doing, <laughs> but they don't have enough page space to do it, so they just kind of have to explain that it happened that way. Um, and that's not that's not all the time. I hate to make it sound like it, that's all he does. That's not the case. Um, he's had some fantastic issues. He, he has a great grasp on a lot of the characters. Um, it's just, I, I think it's where he's been kind of cornered maybe by DC, or maybe he likes to be on the team, but I don't know. But, like, um, I know, I'm, I'm sure he likes working with Scott Snyder. Like, that would be awesome. Uh, they're doing some kind of, some really epic stuff in, in the Justice League book. Um, but on the Detective Comics book and Justice League Dark, um, it can get, you know, it can get just a little bit, like, I hate to say boring, but it can just get like it's all everything's at a standstill for like three issues, and everyone's just talking about what's been going on, uh, even though we've already read it, you know. Um, so again, it sounds like I'm shitting on all of the stuff he's done before. That's not what I mean to say because he's got some great stuff. I'm really just trying to say that based on all of that and my history uh, talking James Tynan on the DC Comics Squadcast that I do with my friend Jordan. This was 
refreshing. Like uh, this, I was very impressed with this issue because I didn't know what this was going to be like, you know, going outside of, they have exclusivity contracts and stuff that generally just pertain to, you know, Marvel and DC uh, for the most part. But, um, yeah. So this was the opposite of everything that I just said about his previous writing that I'm familiar with. So I was like, this dude has range. This guy, James Tynan, he, he can like, you know, he's being given, like I said, the Batman book starting with issue 86 through 100, or maybe it's just through 99. I can't remember, but, um, he's being given the reins to Batman for a year, give or take, um, an annual or two or something, but, but like I, this book made me like, okay, he can go outside of a team book and he can tell a really good drawn in story, a good grounded story about a character or even a couple of characters. Um, but he's not just the writer that has a bunch of characters in every single panel all the time. And everyone's just chatting. Like he sets up a great tone here. Um, and we'll just go ahead and get to it. It's something is killing the children issue. Number one, out of Boom Studios, again, written by James Tiny the Fourth. It is drawn by Werther Del Adera, colored by Miguel Muerto, lettered by And World Design. I have to think that that is not a biblical name, but maybe it is. Maybe it is. Who knows? We've got a cover by Werther Del Adera, with colors by Giovanna Nero. We have a variant cover by Jai Lee and Jun Chung, who I love. Oh, there was a... Oh, my God. An unlocked retailer variant cover by Jenny Fries. I think it's Fryson or Frison. I don't know how you say it, but her, she did um, all the Wonder... She might still be doing the Wonder Woman variants uh, starting at Rebirth. Uh, go look her up because it's F, uh, Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y-F-R-I-S-O-N. Uh, amazing art. The, those covers, I, I want to see a full-on book by her that look like those. Those covers are incredible. Now, I haven't seen the variants for... Now, she did four different variants for this book. Jesus, they were really just chucking this thing. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, fantastic art. Uh, that's not anything to do with this issue that I'm going to be reading because I don't have those variants. But um, just go to the beginning where everyone should start. And we have a group of, of uh, I guess, teenage boys having a sleepover. They're playing Truth or Dare. The kid that's being asked uh, Truth, who I think we're going to find out his name is James. And the person that the kid that we're seeing ask him, I think, is Noah. And they're kind of making fun of him. He makes fun of James for saying truth instead of dare. But, of course, one of the, he, he throws like a pillow at him. He's like, yeah, shut up, Noah. And he's like, oh, okay, I got one. What's the most scared you've ever been? And they're kind of talking shit about him. They're like, yeah, that's the best you can come up with. You know, I you know, I had I was forced to run around the house naked. Um, so I was like, okay, well, let him think. So he says, uh, James says, well, there was this night the other week and they're like, well, look, oh, look we don't want to hear, you know, we don't want to hear about your stupid dreams uh, again, like, that, you know, whatever. And one, one of the kids is like, well, I actually do. And the other kid's like, yeah, I do too. Is this the one with E.T. or the one with Cyclops? So James says, you know, it's not either one of those. This wasn't a dream. Uh, my dad was at some soccer thing with my sister and I was alone in the house. I heard this noise coming out of the ravine like a big moan. I thought it was the wind, right? Uh, coming through the trees. So I turned up the lights in the TV room. In this room right here, I just wanted to see what was out there. So I looked out the window. And just for a second, I saw this, I don't know, this thing standing taller than a tree, standing in the middle of the yard, like it had been walking towards the house, but 
the lights going off confused it. And it had these long fingers and sharp teeth. I went and hid under the blankets on the couch and just listened in the dark for like an hour before looking again. But nothing was there. The yard was just empty. Then we have a panel of everyone just sitting silent. And the kid, one of the kids says, to fuck you. He's like, what? He's like, fuck you. That didn't happen. You're just trying to freak us out. He's like, I'm not. I like, guess you are. Like, I'm not trying. I mean, so where does this thing live? So James says, you've seen the ravine out there under the bridge. You're telling me you don't think there's anything spooky out there. He's like, not that kind of spooky. He says, so James says, okay, then Noah, truth or dare. We cut to interrogation room. Now, all of the panels that, you know, all that first scene, it's all very dark. It's like lit by a TV. So it's blue light. Um, and then we switch to this interrogation. Like you turn the page and it's like bright. And James is in this like interrogation room. And he's saying, it wasn't real. I didn't see a thing in the yard. My sister doesn't even have soccer this time of year. That They liked when I told them my nightmares. I liked that they liked them. I hadn't had, you know, sleepover friends before. And I'd been down in the ravine. We'd even snuck out before during Truth or Dare on other sleepovers. Which, that's where I'm like, wait, hold on. You just said, and maybe that's a clue for something coming up. I don't know. But he just said that he hasn't had sleepover friends before. But then he said, you know, we'd snuck out on other sleepovers. So I'm like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's a slip up. Maybe, I don't know. And so this investigator's like, so what was different this time? He's like, I, I slipped on a route. They uh, get wet at night with dew and I fell like 100 feet or I don't know. I fell down uh, far enough so they couldn't see me. I just don't understand. I made up my story. The monster wasn't real. It wasn't real, I swear. And he's like bawling. So the investigator says, it's okay. We know. We just need to understand what happened next. So James wipes his eyes. He says, I heard them screaming. Then we have our double splash page, which is all black with white, like, uh, you know, I don't know, horror text. I don't know. <laughs> it kind of sort of scribbled, but not really. And it just is something is killing the children. It's really cool. It's very effective. Um, we cut to two weeks later. We're looking at the forest and we see a little girl in like a, a red wagon with a backpack next to it. Um, she is almost quadruple. She has pretty much, she doesn't have any of her limbs, just her right arm. And she's holding the sort of handle of the wagon. And she's even missing an eye. And she's watching the woods. And you have this crunch, crunch. And coming out of the woods, you have this uh, woman covered in blood, wearing like a white tank top and black pants. These two huge not even machetes they're just these huge it's like if you took machetes and like just made them ninja versions i don't even know what you would call that uh, they're covered in blood she's covered in blood she has a black bandana covering her nose and mouth and kind of draped down her chest a little bit and it has these like white teeth on it um she's looking over at the girl she walks over to the girl drops the swords and like reaches in the bag and grabs a bottle of water and chugs it and the little girl asks is it over? And she says, yeah. Little girl says, good. Now this phone starts ringing and the woman has now, who came out of the woods, has now pulled the black uh, bandana off of her face and she's like, shit. The little girl says, that's a bad word. She's like, I know it's a fucking bad word. And the phone is ringing and you see that caller ID, it says St. George. So she answers it and she's like, yeah, yeah, it's done. Okay, 16 hours, I think, depending on bus schedules. Now, if I can get a shower, and she's writing in marker on her arm, Archer's Peak. 
So then she leans over to the little girl and says, can I use your shower? The little girl says, my mom won't be home for another. She's like, yeah, 16 hours on the phone again. She's like, fine. Closes the phone and says, shit. And then the little girl is like, there are more of them, aren't there? And the woman pretty much just like looks at the blood on her hand. She's like, yeah, let's get to that shower. I stink. So she stands up and they head off. So we go to James arriving at his school. He's walking up the steps where there's memorials for uh, these these guys that were um, at his sleepover, but there's also other missing children, and I think we're going to hear a little bit more about that later, uh, but not in too in-depth, but that's another part of the story coming up. But he's looking at these memorials, and we have uh, Dan and a friend, and Dan off-panel was like, so you killed them, right? And his friend is like, Dan. And he continues, like, what? He chopped his friends up or whatever. Probably chopped the rest of them up too. I heard the cops had to pull that kid Carl's intestines out of a tree. That right? Your little boyfriend? And his friend again is like, dude, Dan, chill. He's like, I am chill. I'm totally fucking chill. I saw the way that you looked at them in the locker room, the way you looked at all of us. You perverted piece of... And then his friend again gets between them and is like, that's enough. And as he's kind of like trying to escort his... His friend is trying to escort Dan up the stairs and he's like... But Robbie never did shit to you. He never even called you a goddamn name. But he wasn't ever going to kiss you. So you thought you'd just rip his head off. I don't even want to think about what you... And then James whispers, shut up, under his breath. And Dan looks back. He's like, what did you say to me? And then James is like, I said... He screams. He's like, I said, shut the fuck up. Then we cut to Principal John Collins' office. And James is in there, obviously. And so John... Principal John Collins says, what am I supposed to do about this? James, I think you're supposed to call my dad, Principal Collins. You really want me to call your dad, James? No. You know, you really should have punched him, James says, okay. Not that I'm advocating violence, but God, if there was ever a kid I wanted to, the hell am I saying all this for? You don't need my stress on top of everything, James. It's okay. No, it's not. Uh, None of this is even a little bit all right. Nine kids dead in two weeks, more missing every day, and nobody knows a thing. The news cameras show up for a day, and now they won't return my calls. Uh, the sheriff's office doesn't even know where to start. They think it's a rabid bear. Principal Collins is obviously very exhausted. He's doing the thing where his glasses are lifted, and he's rubbing his eyes. The thing that I do like 19 times a day, um, so I can relate. He says, they're all dead, and nobody fucking cares. Shit, I'm sorry. James says, it's okay. That I'm a mess. This is, again, Principal Collins says, I'm a mess. They should they should fire me. I was just in school a couple of years ago. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. James says, I like you more than the old guy. He's like, yeah? Yeah. He never swore or cried in front of me. Collins says, yeah, I'm doing a hell of a job. James, you going to call my dad? Collins, only to tell him that you should have knocked Dan Brisby out for saying that shit to you. You want me to just send you home for the day? James, no, I heard they're watching movies in English class. I like the movies. Collins, good, I'm glad. Are you, are you okay? Like, no, not even a little bit. Yeah, enjoy the movie, all right? So James leaves the office and says, all right. So now we've got a bus, like a greyhound, pulling into Archer's Peak. And we have our uh, blonde woman from earlier. Um, she's sitting in one of the seats, and she's holding like a, a little squid with a zipper for a mouth like, like a, maybe i'm assuming it's from this little girl um she would now want to go back and see if that was part of it i don't know hmm. yeah i didn't see her holding it but maybe she got it from me. i don't know I, maybe that's part of the story i haven't read it in a couple it's been a couple of days since i read this to get ready to cover it um 
since I had to read it and then record and then delete the whole episode and then read it again uh, to keep it fresh. So still been a couple of days, but yeah, she's got this kind of, you know, makeshift squid doll. And uh, Okay, back to the story. Uh, off panel, someone says, uh, you getting off here, hon? She says, hmm. And then this um, Cruella DeVille looking lady is like, Archer's Peak, you getting off? She's like, yeah. She's like, terrible about those children. Blonde woman's like, yep. And this other woman says, I wish somebody would do something about it. And this other blonde woman says, yeah. She gets off the bus and she walks up to this uh, poster board that just has like hundreds of missing children pictures on it. And then a police officer walks up to her and says, you know one of them? And as she's walking away from him, she says, you could say that. So so, so far, she's killing the uh, ominous, mysterious uh, hero stranger role. She's just really knocked it out of the park. And we have James at school, and he's checking, I guess, his messages on his phone. He's got a message from his dad, and it says, Hey, Jimmy boy, it's your dad working, uh, or works, keeping me a few extra minutes tonight, and I was going to swing by the house to pick up some more night clothes before I get to your, uh, get your sister from field hockey. Just need to call the sheriff's office and let him know so they don't think I'm, yeah, okay. Just call me when you get inside the hotel room, okay, and you know to double lock the door. I know, you know, I just, yeah, love you, kid. And he hangs up. So we have James standing in the parking lot here. Um, actually, he's not at school. He's at the hotel, but there's still a school bus there. I don't know. That's weird. Whatever. Now he's standing in the parking lot, and he's looking out into the woods, and this blonde woman is now standing right next to him, and she says, hey. He's like, uh, hi? She's like, you're James, right? Well, she's, she's got this green coat on that's covering her mouth. And anyway, yeah, so she's like, you're James, right? And says, yeah. Are you going to hurt me? She says, probably not. Cool. So she asked, you might have asked you a few questions. So James, are you from the police? Woman, do I look like I'm from the police? James, no. Okay, then. James, you want to ask about, woman, what you saw that night? Yeah, I'm sorry. I know that sucks. So he says, I, I told the cops already. I didn't see anything. I just heard. They stand there for a beat. She says, I read what you said to the cops, James. I know all about that, but I don't want to know what you told them. I want to know what you saw. And we have a panel of her kind of sliding her hair back over her ear, and she's got this tattoo. It looks like a scar that may have been tattooed over. It looks like a, like a diamond-shaped kind of uh, with like a – it kind of looks like an arrow, but it also looks like there were like staple scars or something above her ear. Anyway, we'll, we'll find out more about that later, I'm sure. And he's like, I – I, I don't know. So she sits down and says, look, I know right now you're scared. Right now you're probably doubting you saw anything at all, but you know the world makes a lot less sense than it used to. And every day that feeling gets a little worse. But I promise you, I swear on my heart, hope to die, that I'm going to believe whatever you tell me, okay? No matter how weird it is. No matter how scary, okay? He says, okay. She says, you heard them screaming. What then? And this is where the book just takes this, cr- like fucking nuts it it, gets, <laughs> it just takes this crazy turn and it's james in the woods he's in his pajamas and his batman shirt that he was wearing earlier we forgot to mention that um i'm sure that was a nod by tynan on purpose or maybe the artist was like hey tynan because batman and all that shit whatever uh so james is in the woods and he's yelling guys where are you and he's like crawling through trees and whatnot and he's like where are you i can't and then you have one kid crawling up he's like james help me i can't feel my legs the next panel you realize james is trying to help him up but he literally doesn't have any legs in fact from 
like his belly button down has been ripped off and his intestines are hanging out like behind him. And there's a big trail of blood. And uh, this is Noah. And James says, Noah, I heard screaming. And when he realizes Noah's condition, he's terrified. And he's like, oh, God, oh, oh, God, he's trying to back up. And Noah's trying to crawl up on him. He's like, take me, take me with you, take me. And then he, like, I guess that's when Noah dies and he kind of falls. And James is, like, backing up. Uh, he's panicking, of course, he's backing up. And he's like, no, he starts screaming, somebody help. Then as he's turning and running, he then sees uh, the body of Carl, which has had, uh, I mean, both legs removed, both arms removed but like Carl's left arm removal apparently took out a big portion of his torso and like his jaw so he's laying on the ground and James has seen that and he's horrified of course he slips on some blood and falls and he's like this isn't real this can't be real and he's like backing up against the tree he's like no 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 you start hearing this like grunching t- uh, sound and James is like uh, Tyler and uh, this like squishing sound and some silhouettes that I really can't make out what's really going on. And then you have this face that looks like the, most of the skin's been ripped off of it. And it's like hip. And James is covering his mouth. He's terrified. Off panel, you have hip. Me. And then you look and you realize that there are these like Starship Trooper style, like sharp tentacles stabbed into this kid's back. And he's trying to talk, but he can't really like formulate real words. Um, and he like, calls James his name. He says James, and then you get this splash page of this fucking like again. It's it reminds me of Starship Troopers, but it has like thirty eight like crazy like like slanted like fire eyes or whatever, and like this crazy like in all these teeth inverted on its head. But it's kind of looks like the Roach bad guy from Men in Black. Either way, it's gross and it's terrifying. Um, and it picks this kid up. Again, it has impaled um, Tyler through the chest. It's kind of picked up, but he's ripping him in half. He's pulling his, you know, his legs and his bottom half apart from his others. And that's kind of the sight that we leave off on. We go back to uh, James talking to this the blonde woman, and she just says, thank you. Her phone rings, and she's like, this fucking thing. And James says, what? She's like, yeah. She's, an- she's answered the phone at this point. She's like, yeah, class E7, Archer's Peak, Wisconsin. Yeah, I've got it handled. She hangs up, and James says, "You've got it handled. What do you mean you have? You've got it handled." And she says, "You've got a monster on in those woods. That's why I'm here." She pulls out this like big knife, and she says, "I'm going to kill it." And James kind of takes a beat and like looks in the distance, and then lo- looks at her and says, "Can I help?" And that is something is killing the children. Issue number one, the Angel of Archer's Peak, part one. Um, man, I it, like. <laughs> this book I feel like needs to be seen to really be fully understood like I was I guess more so for me I was not expecting the gore that's what I wasn't expecting and honestly I really didn't know what to expect because I had seen the solicits for this but I either didn't remember them or they weren't very descript because um, either way I was like I by the time I actually had this book in my hands I didn't remember what it was about and I was like oh wait Okay, yeah, I remember this title, but okay, I don't remember what it's about. So it's really exciting, you know, to be like, okay, cool, you know, something new, uh, something unexpected, and I don't know what's what's about to happen. Um, and yeah, when when it cuts to the scene of her being like, no, I want to know what you saw. 
I don't care what you told the police. I want to know what you saw. And then it goes to the whole scene of the slaughter. Uh, and you, the thing is, you don't even really see the slaughter. You just see the aftermath for the most part, other than the Tyler kid. Then you see him, you know, ripped in half. Um, it's like that old thing of like what you don't see. Um, you don't see them, him like, you know, ripping people's skin off and stuff or the monster or whatever. Um, so I don't know. It, it like, it just, that whole scene was just like, holy shit. It, it just turns into like pushing the pedal to the metal. Um, and they don't hold back on the gore, even though it's like kids, uh, or teenagers, whatever, but still it's kids. Um, no offense, teenagers, you're a kid, uh, to me, <laughs> to adults, you're a kid, but, uh, no, uh, I just wasn't expecting that, and it it's uh, it's heavy. It actually is kind of it's it's pretty heavy uh, reading it um, because there's not really any humor, you know. It, there's nothing like you know your old school books like your pre code, you know, tales from the crypt and you know creepy and all that stuff. They didn't. There was humor things to like kind of sort of lighten the overall mood of the book here and there. Uh, and these days, you don't really have that on a wide scale for horror comics. They're usually pretty serious you know and then that's that's normal so this kind of fits that mold of taking it seriously and it kind of leaves you with that like feeling of uh, oh man i just kind of feel bad now i need to go read like i don't know casper or, or something <laughs> or like i don't know an issue of plastic man or some shit but like um yeah a, a very effective horror comic uh, a very uh interesting one i, I can't wait to read that next issue uh, and, and see how all this goes along and kind of where they take this. I don't know. I, I Actually, I think this was meant to be a miniseries, and it's now going to be an ongoing. Yeah, according to Previews World in August, on August 20th, uh, Boom Studios announced today that Something is Killing the Children, the brand-new horror series from GLAAD award-winning author James Stein IV, The Woods, and Justice League, and artist Werther Del Adera, Briggs Land, has been promoted to an ongoing series due to the overwhelming early support from retailers and fans in advance of its debut on September 4th at comic shops. Uh, something's killing the children. But, but okay, we can get that. Um, so yeah, it looks like we're going to get indefinite. I mean, with a story like this, I don't know. I, you know, you never know. I'm sure there were people when Walking Dead first came out that were like, eh, you really can't take this that many issues. Are you going to get like 12 out of this? Because that's what I was going to say about this story. Um but it's just, you know, if something's successful, they can expand it out, you know, however they need to. Um, so we'll see. But, I mean, to me, this feels like a story that would end with these two characters and this town. Uh, but then, you know, you could always close that last issue off to leave it open-ended to where it's like, you have hand out and there's monsters everywhere uh, hiding or whatever, you know, or taking over. You know. So who knows? Um, I feel like if it was meant to be... A limited series though it probably won't be like a series that goes on for hundreds of issues i feel like it will still be a few volumes maybe and they'll just kind of wrap it up and, and close the story off but i could be wrong i don't know like it's one of those things it's like which one is better do you is it better to be more self-contained and just shut it off and be done with it which they never do sometimes every now and then they do but generally they don't if it makes money they got to sell it um you know, or is there a great story that you can use to continue it or follow up or whatever? You know, that that's happens that happens too. Um a book like Dark Knight Returns had The Dark Knight Strikes Again, which was not well received. 
despite the fact that Dark Knight Returns was very well received, um, you know, people didn't really didn't really dig Dark Knight Strikes again. Um, you know, or, or I say people didn't. I just, a lot of people didn't that I know. Uh, and then the Dark Knight Three: The Master Race came came along. Uh, again, all by Frank Miller and then different artists and whatnot. But um, yeah, the Dark Knight Three: The Master Race came along, and I, I loved that. I thought it was really cool, and uh, it seemed to be a lot more well re- received. And he's even following that up uh, here in the next year or so with an, a new miniseries to continue that story. So I, you know, we'll see. You know, the Dark Knight Master Race was super delayed uh, once you started getting about halfway through. To the extent where it was like months and months apart, and then they ended up adding a whole other extra issue. I don't know; it was weird. So, but you know, Frank Miller, he, he's getting up there, you know. And I know his—he's not, not even really that old, but his health isn't great. Uh, but that's not why we're here. We're not here to talk about Frank Miller. We're here to talk about something that's killing the children, and we did. And um, you know, I know it's a newer book, and I'm not doing you know voices and music or whatever, and you know. But I just I thought this was a really really good horror comic uh, that is brand new, and so that was a, a fun kind of opposite end of the spectrum for me as far as timeline goes to throw into here. Um, I will be going back to some older books coming up here in the next episode. Uh, so that's you know back to our regularly programmed. Wait, what do they say? Regular? I don't know. Fuck. Who knows? I don't know. I don't say shit. Who knows? Whatever. I say too much actually. But, um, yeah, I highly suggest checking this book out. I don't know what they're looking at for a trade, but usually Amazon, like, has the pre-order up, like, before the first issue even comes out. So let's just see. Yeah, let's see. Well, we don't have a graphic novel. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. I think we did. Oh, no. Well, I think this actually might just be, like, a... Yeah, this is just uh, an issue one of the comic. It's not the actual volume. So I don't know about the volume yet, but we'll see uh, as time goes on. But go check it out. Tell me what you think about it. Um, please keep sending suggestions for, um, you know, horror comics to cover, to talk about. Um, again, that's horrorcomicspodcast at gmail.com or horrorcomicspod on Twitter. Um, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this book, other books. I don't I don't care. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, even a suggestion of something I should read. If you just want to tell me what you're reading and what you're digging and why, I'd love to hear from you, seriously. Um, it's really cool. I you know, I I've actually been hearing from a lot more like writers and creators lately, and that is fucking like phenomenal. I don't know if I've actually I, I probably have I my I have a short memory, okay? So um Actually, I have a short memory when it counts. <laughs> when it doesn't matter, I remember everything. But um, so if I have talked about this, I you know forgive me. But I actually am writing um, a horror comic, uh, an anthology, kind of like I cover. I've got several stories, and a couple of my friends are co-writing with me. And I don't know what's ever going to come of it. You know, um, I don't know if it's even going to be good enough for an artist to want to do it. Uh, one of the stories I know is good enough, but it's not long enough, I don't think, to be a full-on comic. Um, so it needs to go in like an anthology. Um, but it's it's something that's like based on real-life events uh, that happened. Um, and I say based off, it is mirror, the story mirrors an exact word-for-word word, uh, thing that happened with my wife. 
um, until it gets to a certain point, which was where I was like, she gave me permission to basically write this story and take it where I wanted to take it for me to be able to sort. It was sort of my way of like dealing. Uh, I say dealing with it. It didn't happen to me. But when your wife or I'm sure your husband or your significant other um, has something traumatic happen to them, um, it's tra- it, it is also traumatic for you, you know, like especially if you weren't there to sort of, you know, stop what happened or what almost happened in this situation. Um, so that's where she like, I wrote, well, I wrote the story and then I like asked her like, Hey, would you mind if I turn this into this horror comic? Like, this is kind of my idea. And she's like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. That'd be awesome. Do that, please. And I was like, thank God, because this is like my way of like getting that out of my system and kind of grieve. Not, I hate to say grieving because it, the thing that almost happened did not happen. Uh, it was just, it's still terrifying, you know? to know that they were in this situation and you weren't there. Uh, so it's kind of a twist on if, anyway, I don't want to go into details because I, you know, if it ends up getting made, uh, which I would, I hope it does, but we'll see. I don't have high expectations just because again, I, I've never written like actually professionally written a comic before. This is my first time. Um, and I've written it. I have a first draft and I'm editing a second draft. Uh, actually, no shit. No third draft. Um, so, you know, it's inspiring to me to hear, from, I guess the whole point of that is it's inspiring for me to hear from creatives that are actually having their stuff printed and released, you know, and like I can't imagine what that's like to have that uh, that printed copy of that comic in your hand, you know, or even the digital copy, whatever. But like for me, I, I, I attach myself to physical things uh, a lot, a lot more so than like, like if I like a comic that I read digitally, like I have to have the physical copy. Um and like experience that, and I generally just get physical copies. I've talked about that a hundred million times here with like the horror comics that I read. I don't do digital copies. I I cover books that I actually have in my hand. Um, so I can't imagine what that's like. So again, hearing from these people that are creating this art, um, and and getting their stories out there, like dude, that's fucking awesome. Like that is fucking crazy. I, I can't fathom that. Like having that you know what i mean and coming from the perspective of like having been in in bands and like toured for years and years and years on like big tours and tiny tours and stuff like that and like having all of the ups and downs of like all that stuff and still having this experience of like writing songs and recording them and getting that that cd back or that vinyl record back or whatever like i've had that experience and it's really cool um but I, you know, even with all that, it's, it's, and again, I'm not bragging, like, we weren't, like, uh, breaking any kind of, you know, records or, like, topping charts or anything like that. But it's just it, it, great moments to have in your life. But, like, even with those, I still can't imagine that feeling of, like, having that, like, comic that you wrote, you know? Or if, if you wrote it and you drew it, which I can't draw, but that comic that you made printed in your hand. Like, I can't even imagine what that's like. So, um, I've got a, say hats off and cheers to the people that do it, especially these creators like David and like Anthony who are kind enough to share their work with me. And, uh, and I'm so happy to support it because you're doing great work for one. And yeah, I just appreciate you guys, you know, checking out the show and corresponding with me. It means a lot. And I please, again, like I said, it's so encouraging to see that. Uh, so if you're out there and you haven't reached out to me or talked to me or whatever, 
Um, like I said, I'm happy to buy it. You don't have to even send me a free copy. I'm happy to like buy the product because I just want to support it and, and, and have it, you know, and, and read it even if it is like digital because I can still appreciate the story. I'm just, I will find a way <laughs> to make it physical. Uh, that sounded a lot sexier than I meant it to be. Uh, no, but seriously, I would love to read or, or look at what you've done. Uh, it, cause again, it's just more encouragement for me. And uh, it's more just solidifying the idea that you can do this. This is something that is attainable. Uh, so that's awesome. So thank you guys uh, and gals and everyone who's been corresponding. Sorry, I don't know what terms are offensive anymore. Is gals offensive? Hope not. Uh, all of you folks out there, is that offensive? I don't fucking know. Uh, all of you other pals, friends <laughs> who are, I don't, I just get it. I don't fucking tiptoe around i don't know pc i don't know what you'd call that whatever all of you out there thank you so much um sorry for all the rambling and whatnot please go back the lucas book two indiegogo please go check out show's end go check out something is killing the children and let me know what you think i'd love to hear your uh, you know your your thoughts so like i said before but uh yeah again if you want to get in touch gmail is horrorcomicspodcast at gmail.com twitter is horrorcomicspod and now I'm going to let Screaming Jay Hawkins take it out for the cover of Tom Waits, Whistling Past the Graveyard. Enjoy, and please keep reading horror comics, supporting horror comics, and please, for the love of God, keep it Busted up a chaperone way out by the Cobra Mole. Cooked up a mess of mulligan and got into a fight. Whistling past the graveyard, stepping on a crack. I'm a mean mother hubbub, pop a one-eyed jack. You probably seen me sleeping out by the railroad tracks. Ask the Prince of Darkness about the smoke from the stack. Sometimes I kill a jackal and suck out all the blood. Steal myself a station wagon, driving it to the mine. A whistling past the graveyard, stepping on a crack. I'm a mean mother hubbub, pop a one-eyed jack. I know you've seen my headlights and the honking of my horn. I'm calling out my bloodhound, chase the devil out the corn. Last night I cracked the Mississippi, and now it's dry as a bone. I was born in a taxi cab, I ain't never going home. Whistling past the graveyard, stepping on a crack. I'm a mean mother hover, papa, one-eyed jack. My eyes have seen the glory of the draining of the ditch. I'm coming to Baton Rouge to find myself a witch. I'm gonna switch me a couple of them every time it rains. You gotta see a locomotive, probably think it's a train. Whistling past the graveyard, stepping on a crack. I'm a mean mother hover, father.